Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. We're here to gain more opportunities for your personal and professional life. I graduated from college, and I did not immediately go into an area of work where I majored in that industry. I was a psychology major, so I had to go on and get a master's in order to do any sort of counseling. So my first few jobs post-graduation were in coffee and also higher education and pastoral ministry. So not necessarily areas that are directly related to psychology. And I'm sure that a lot of you listening have the same sort of story where you majored in something in college and the work that you're doing directly after is not necessarily a direct fit. My guest this episode is Andy Kassler, and he also has had that experience with his life. But now he is helping college students at Butler University figure out their next steps towards designing their life, including their career as a career advisor at Butler University. He has a lot to share about some of the things that he did in order to get to where he is and the career services office at Butler. He was an education major in college, and so he is still in higher education, but immediately after he was working at target. So how do you go from being an education major, thinking that you're just going to be a teacher, to working at Target, and then some other jobs in the meantime, to helping college students figure out what their next step in designing their work, designing their life uh, is. That's what Andy will be talking to us about. So uh, make sure to check out some of the info that is included on here. Uh, if he is open to you looking at his Instagram um, and some of the other things that we've talked about on this episode, you can find links to those things in the resources list in the notes for this podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to my friend, Andy Kassler of Butler University. Hi there, this is your host, Daniel Eccles, the Learn Opportunity Podcast, where we're here to guide you in getting more opportunities in your personal and professional life. Today we have Andy Kassler, and Andy and I met on Instagram. This is an actual moment where you know somebody and have met in person from social media world. And so I recommend doing that if there's somebody that you've been following or um, that you follow one another and you haven't actually met up together and hung out, just go for it. It should be a good thing. But Andy is a cool guy. He's a career advisor at Butler University. Uh, also is a co-founder of Iger's, I always say I-G-ers, Indy, I-G-E-E-R-S-I-N-D-Y. On Instagram, it's a meetup and photography group that is here in Indianapolis that is a fun thing to be a part of for a bit. It's slowed down a little bit, but it's still a thing. You can check that out on Instagram, I-G-E-R-S Indy. So yeah, that's a little bit about you, Andy. What else uh, is important for listeners to know about you? I am a Butler grad myself, so working at my alma mater has been a lot of fun, for sure. I'm also... A father. My wife and I will be celebrating our 15th anniversary this year. Oh. And then I have three children who are uh, nine. Uh, and then my daughters are almost 
um, seven, and then my youngest turns four in May. <laughs> I always love following to see what your kids are up to, and it, it's very um, joy-giving to me, but I think there have been a couple times I've messaged you, I'm just like, this is giving me so much joy, and you're like, you're not seeing how loud it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> my son, who's nine, he is really into uh, piano right now, and so he's been taking <laughs> lessons, and he loves learning it. Recently, he learned Pink Panther tune. Mm-hmm. And the national anthem, like just on his own, <laughs> he's just like, and uh, the can can, he just wants to learn a bunch of songs that, that he hears. He's like, I'm gonna learn that and figure it out. And it's been cool to watch. And, <laughs> and my daughters, they love singing and acting. Uh-huh. You know, they're always performing, they're always at home, whatever it is, they're constantly singing. I think your last Instagram uh, post, you posted a picture of your family, and I think that it was an Encanto quote. That's right. You you can't avoid Encanto. It's such a good movie. I'm just like, he's probably watched that multiple times or has heard the songs for sure, because I I think it was one of the songs that you were quoting on on that. So I I got a hoot out of that one for Uh, sure. Unfortunately, a lot of people got the reference because it's so, so popular. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic. Yeah. Good movie. Nice themes, everything. So uh, anything, what are you excited about at the moment? We have this winter storm coming. Uh, (laughs) I don't know when you're going to, you'll listen to this after the storm. Maybe it'll be nothing. Hopefully. I'm excited. We've got this, I I coordinate a summer program at Butler for students. So Mm. the beginning phases of planning that are about to begin. And the year just flies by. So it's hard to imagine that I'm already starting to plan and think about what's happening for the summer. Right? It's... In the midst of the winter storm. Yeah, in the midst of winter storms. <laughs> what am I doing this summer? And that's where um, I get to help students connect with the city and with alumni. And I can share more about that too. But I'm excited for the, the beginning of, of planning. Yeah, well, go ahead. Like, what is that uh, summer program or some of the things that you do as a career advisor at Butler? Yeah, I've been at Butler since 2016. And I actually, uh, this this month, February, I'll be, it'll be my sixth anniversary working at Butler. So that's exciting. One of the things that I do, of course, as a career advisor is I'm helping students with documents, right? Their resume or their yeah. cover letter, grad school application, personal statement kinds of things, or helping students with interviewing, uh, practice interview, just talking about how do you answer questions and, and networking. So this summer program was already a part of the role when I applied. It was one of the things that really got me excited for the role because it was, as I mentioned, connecting students to the city and to alumni, helping them see what life would be like after graduating and and maybe living in Indianapolis. We have so many students that are from all over the country, and so they may not think about, oh, I can actually live here (laughs) right after I graduate instead of just going back home. There's also this perception, I'm sure a lot of colleges have this, of the bubble, right? It's the Butler bubble. Uh Uh-huh. Students will stay on campus and they're not really exploring the city or they might go into Broad Ripple or something. But there's so much to offer that Indianapolis has that they don't even know about. And so I get to show them some behind-the-scenes aspects of the city or just some of the things that they um, didn't even know about. So they get to explore those. We'll have dinner either at a restaurant or on site somewhere. And then alumni get to share their story, their career journey, and some advice that they have. Wow. Students really seem to appreciate hearing those stories and realizing that that life is a journey, right? It's going to take them all over the places that they wouldn't have expected. And, and part of that, I think, is because of looking for opportunities. I think it ties in really nicely because that is usually the story that alumni share. Yeah. Is they had this opportunity, they took it, and it led them to something new and exciting that they would not have expected. Yeah. As a senior in college. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some cool places that you do visit on the summer experience. I know that you've done some things at like the Children's Museum, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I think. Yeah, those um, are some great staples. Yeah, like real Indianapolis, <laughs> just like staple activities there. What's uh, what's one of your favorite um, places that you have taken students for the yeah. summer experience? That is difficult. The Speedway is so much fun because they get to see behind the scenes. Um, they get to be on the bricks and kiss the bricks at the end. And yeah. It's just isn't just about Indianapolis because people from all over the world know about mm-hmm. the Indy 500. So there's it's it's bigger than that. Last summer, of course, because we were still unsure of what was happening with COVID and whether we should even have events, I got approval to do outdoor events. Hmm. And just about every event was outdoors, except until the end when we started to feel more comfortable. We had dinner inside. We went to Garfield Park. Mm. I took students there. They had never even heard of it. Inside and see the, I'm blanking on the word. Conservatory. The conservatory, thank you. Yes, the conservatory. And just hang out there. It was a beautiful night. So that was a lot of fun. Um, We went to the zoo last year also and got to explore that a little bit. Yeah, seeing these students that don't really know what kind of opportunities are out there. What's the the temperature right now as you're meeting with students of the university on campus? What are students thinking when it comes to opportunities or where to find it? And what are some of the like pain points that you're seeing? Yeah, there are certainly students who schedule appointments who are asking. They say, I've never done this before. They don't know what to do, the Mm -hmm. process. So one of the things that I think that I try to help students understand is that making connections is helpful, right? There's a little bit of a wariness sometimes because they're, they're not used to reaching out to strangers. Yeah. And I try to help them know that they can start with alumni. And fortunately, LinkedIn has uh, a great resource to be able to connect with alumni mm-hmm. from the school that you're at, in particular with Butler students, but wherever you may be listening and your alma mater. So they can start with alumni. And so I was working with a student uh, the other day who is from uh, Newport Beach, California. Wow. <laughs> here. And she was looking for a summer intern back home. I was like, well, let's just look on LinkedIn. Let's see if there are any alumni in Orange County. And sure enough, there are, right? Uh-huh. So, hey, why don't you reach out to this alum? Reach out to this alum. Just to ask, just to see what they might have about stories about their own career journey, moving from going from Butler to California and where they're working, what they're doing, how they got there, what they love, what mm-hmm. they don't like. And then just asking about, are there opportunities there for interns? So if, again, I think part of that is helping them be aware that there are people who they can talk to. Yeah. And it, it's not so much that they need to say, hey, can I, will you hire me? <laughs> Which is, that's great if it, if it happens that way. But normally it's about hearing their story. Most people aren't in a position to hire. Yeah. Uh, especially young alumni. And you just have to begin to get that network going. And this is part of the process. So we also utilized um, the book Designing Your Life mm. in our office. Mm-hmm. And what's in that book as well, the, written by two Stanford professors, is this idea that you can apply to hundreds of jobs yeah. right? and hear back nothing. Sometimes you're, you don't even get anything until months later. But if you begin to make connections, that's it's going to produce something that just applying isn't going to do. And it's a great opportunity to try something on for size without risking and having to commit to an entire career path. Yeah. You don't have to major in something to just have a conversation with somebody that's doing a job that, or is in a career that you think, oh, that might be a little bit enjoyable. Let's talk to them and see 
what it is they like about it, what are some of the difficulties that they have, and see if that fits my personality. Really low risk activity. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's potentially very, it, high reward. Right. Yes. And sometimes it feels like a big risk. Yeah. Right? Cause yeah. Because they're, they're not used to talking to strangers. Oh, how do you help those students that do? lean more introverted that like meeting with an alumni for coffee or a zoom call is really anxiety provoking. What kind of advice would you have for somebody like that? Yeah. So normally if, if what I offer students is initially during our meeting is that I am more than willing to help them make the connection. I will reach out to an alumni. I will send the email just to break the ice a little bit. So they know, okay, they know Andy, they can, they'll accept that, that he's emailing them, but they don't know me. So some of it is just mm. making sure they, they know that the person's, you know, on their side, willing to help and helping make that first connection. Yeah. It's helpful to have somebody to bridge the gap there yeah. for you and to make sure that you just have a support system around it. Yeah. That's a good thing. For sure. Yeah. What about yourself? Where have you found opportunity in your own personal or professional life? Sure. So I mentioned I went to Butler and I was an education major there and uh, I ended up teaching for a couple of years after I graduated and realized it wasn't really for me, which was a hard thing to, to realize because for so long I thought, oh, I want to be a teacher and went to school for it. And then you're like, wait, this isn't at all what I was thinking it was going to be like. And I think students have that perception too. Even right now, so much has changed with the pandemic, with education and other areas too. Yeah. Students are like, oh, whether it's wanting to become a lawyer or a doctor. And they're like, actually, this isn't what I what I want to do. So I, I've had that realization of what I went to school for isn't what I'm doing necessarily. And so I left teaching and just started working at Target and eventually got my started my master's in higher education to pursue something at the university level, still in education. And while I was working at Target, I wanted to make sure that I was being the best employee I could be and work hard and do a good job. And eventually that led to getting promoted and I was training for guest service team leader role. And early on when I was in that role, I ended up covering a break in electronics, which had, where I'd worked for two years. Mm. And I sold the television to Dr. Ossip, who owned Ossip Optometry. Uh, he's retired now, but through that sales transaction, um, he ended up getting my information and I got an interview with his company. Huh. <laughs> just We just started chatting and it was like, hey, I used to be a teacher. He approached it from a, a different angle. Not, hey, I own this eye optometry off, office. We're hiring. It was, I own an educationally related company. Huh. Right? That's so interesting. So That's fascinating. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, way that what could this be? My mind is just reeling. And so then he ended up telling me optometry company and we we educate patients and we wow. train staff and so he was coming at it from this you know this angle of like education rather than medical what a cool way to look at that and to see opportunity for somebody else based off of the themes of of what they value the education piece and not just looking at it just based off of a, a, a skill set but what is actually underneath that or their mission they want to educate their clients. They want to um, make sure people know more about their goods or their services. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> and when I look back to that time, I worked there for three years. One of my favorite experiences was helping uh, patients learn how to put in contacts. Huh. And yeah. I had worn contacts for so long growing up because I played baseball. I was a catcher. And so it was like, I need to transition from glasses to contacts. 
And so I knew how to do that. And it was easy for me to then transition from, let me teach others how to do this. So almost any time there was a young kid, even adults who were getting contacts for the first time, they're like, Andy, we need you. Come over here and help us out. Wow. Huh. So how, okay. So you moved Target to the optometrist office. Okay. How do you go from the optometrist office to being a career advisor? Well, a lot of that, of course, was through my master's degree Uh in higher ed. I knew that I wanted to be um, at that level. Mm. And another thing, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, right, is that I am a co-founder of IGers Indy. That was something that happened really in um, 2013. Mm. So I was, at that point, I was at OSSIP, working at OSSIP, and Instagram was the thing. Still, at that point, it was starting to grow, and people were meeting each other around the city. Um, in fact, what was really happening was people were meeting in other cities, I should say. Mm. Hong Kong and San Francisco and New York, they were having insta-meets um, in various locations across these cities. And some people that I, were, that I was following through Instagram that were local here in Indianapolis we're just taking really cool creative photos. And so one time I commented on one of them and said, hey, we should get together. <laughs> like, huh. we should meet, right? Like, these people are doing in other cities. And so uh, we planned one for downtown Indianapolis in January of 2013. Oh, wow. Uh, it was freezing. I think there were 10 people there. Hey, that's a good turnout. Yeah, <laughs> that's better than what yeah. I would think for January. <laughs> and then we did it again the next month. We had a bigger turnout. We did another one in March, had more people. Mm. And so it was just something we said, hey, let's do this every month just to meet people, take photos, have fun, explore yeah. the city, right? learn about where we're living. And there were you know people from all over the walk, different walks of life, different careers. This was early on in Instagram. So there were, at that point, you couldn't post photos from the past, right? It was like literally instant. Yeah. You had to post in the moment for the beginning. But we learned a, a lot about Indianapolis. We learned a lot about each other. And we did that for a few years, having almost monthly Insta meets, mm. gathering new people. Instagram started to do, you know, worldwide Insta meet days. And so uh, over a weekend, it was everyone, whoever wanted to get together would, ha- would host these. And we did one that was, I want to say, like eight to 10 hours long all day. And so throughout the day, various people came and we had somewhere 50 to 70 people. There were some really cool things too, eventually that like places would open up specifically just for IGers and that like you wouldn't get access to otherwise. Yeah. We had some special events. Like uh, I think the GM plant was one of them. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we did things early on too with the state museum or the Mm -hmm. children museum. So those were some special access events that was really fun to be a part of. I went to the one that there is a solar farm out by the airport. And so you got to walk around the solar farm yeah. <laughs> and take pictures. With, yeah. With so all, all kinds things. of things. It's really you know, neat. We, we would, originally, it was just us walking around the city on sidewalks. Mm-hmm. And then we would have these organizations reaching out to us and saying, hey, we'd love to host you guys. Mm. So it, it came a way for us to, to help promote them and just to see what was going on behind the scenes. That's cool. And it's just, that's a vulnerable risk to say, hey, let's meet up. <laughs> Person that I see your pictures. And yes, exactly. We were all it. pretty much strangers. You know, maybe yeah. a group of friends or something would come, but, but for the most part, it was all just strangers. And we just had to trust, right? Hey, we're all in it for the right reasons and yeah. just be creative. And I wasn't a photographer per se, but I enjoyed taking photos growing up. And it was just natural to then do that using Instagram. And that aspect of planning events in the city mm-hmm. for a group, co-planning with the other leaders. 
when I found this job at Butler University, it had this summer program attached to it. And it was planning events in the city. I was like, I've done that. And so it's weird to think that my my experience doing Instagram just as a personal hobby helped me get this job mm. in some way. And that's a cool way to network that like a student or a listener might not realize is networking because you think of networking, you think of going to an official networking event and trading your business cards or other things like that, or sitting down for a coffee with an alumni and and just asking some awkward interview questions and calling it good. But that's just doing something that you enjoy doing and inviting other people in the community to come. And you will hear things about their life that they care about, that they're excited about, and you help resource them and they help resource you. And it's a much more natural way. So I guess, listener, if you have something that you enjoy, it is networking to be vulnerable and just invite other people into that and to make it a group experience. And so it doesn't have to be LinkedIn for networking, Instagram networking tool, or your TikTok. If you're creating TikToks together, get a TikTok dance crew or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there are all sorts of ways to do that. I, I think about there's an, a Butler alumni who, when she was a student, just said, I just want to try a lot of restaurants. And she just would venture to different restaurants in Indianapolis. Mm. And now she works for Yelp Indy. Oh, her is that name Mc- is Brittany Smith. Oh, and Brittany is one who was like, same thing, like, just do what you're passionate, find something that you might be passionate about. Although we know that interests come before passion. So if you don't know your passion, that's okay. Pursue your interests. And, and that was an interest of hers. And so she's just do those things that make you happy. Like you said, whether yeah. that's photography or something else, find that community where you can then begin to bond and, and make some more natural connections. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that someone's at a table and I come up to them. And, <laughs> uh, I try to like give my elevator pitch, which that can work too. But yeah. sometimes, you know, it's easier to have those more just casual conversations. Mm. And it just didn't, you never know like where that will end up. So how did you first hear of the career advisor position? When I was in college at Butler, I was a tour guide mm. and an RA. And so I'd had some experience thinking about, oh, like there actually are jobs in the college besides being a professor. When I was at Butler, however, I never used the Career Center. Mm. I didn't think I needed it. It was like, (laughs) I'm going to be a teacher. Why would I need to go there? If you're a student that you think that you don't need the Career Center uh, because you have your entire life figured out, just go. Please go. (laughs) Just go at least once. Yeah. Um, And the nice thing about Butler is we help alumni for a lifetime also. I did not use the Career Center, even as an alumni, Hmm. either because I didn't know that um, or I just thought, oh, I can do this on my own. And it took a while because, as I mentioned, I work at Target. I worked at OSSIP. So that was about six years from the time that I left teaching until I started at Butler where I had something that I felt like, oh, I really loved it. And working at Target and OSSIP were good experiences. It wasn't something that I would say, oh, man, those were great. Right? It was just like it was work. Yeah. And so when I started to think, okay, I think I want to get back into higher ed roles now. I want to start applying again in higher ed. I had applied to Butler a couple times before and I had an interview in the advancement department. Didn't get that role. And I think that was the right decision. It's now that I know all that that entails versus what I'm doing now, it wasn't right for me. Glad it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment I'm like, man, just hire me. Like I want to start, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so glad that I didn't get that role because it, it's not for me. And so I remember I'd applied to different universities in Indianapolis area. And at one point 
I randomly looked at Butler's HR page, right? What do they have today? And this role was on there, this career mm. advisor role. And my heart started fluttering kind of thing. I was like, this is just looks awesome. This role is for me. And I told uh, my wife, Kristen, I said, I want to apply for this job, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. Right. Because I'd gotten my hopes yeah. up so many times before yeah. with different roles of, oh, I know someone or this is great. And you write the cover letter and you mm -hmm. submit your resume and you're like, this is perfect. And then it doesn't pan out. And so that was the way I felt about this. It's probably not going to work. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to get an interview. Those were the things I was telling myself mm -hmm. and whatever. But it was just a moment of, I'm not going to worry about it and let it happen. And then mm. sure enough, Kristen texted me one day, she checked her email, you know, and I did an interview email about interviewing for this role. So I, I again, it wasn't something that I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue yeah. career advising. It was something that just came about through my own history. Mm. And what I learned after I started there is basically everybody in my office has a winding career path. They were, mm. my boss worked in at McDonald's and he worked in hotels and then he's like, I think I want to work with college kids. Stories like that, where they're just, they're all over the place. Another colleague was uh, a business major in college and with theater, back minor, double major. Or something. <laughs> and he was in the IT world. And then Y2K happened and huh. all these crazy things. And he ended up losing his job. And his um, a family member worked at a college. And he's like, hey, you should come with me on this retreat I'm doing. You know, he's like, no, I don't think I want to work with college students. I just don't think that's for me. He's like, no, you got to come. So he did, and he just fell in love with it. And so then he was pursuing his master's in higher ed and got oh. his job. So career advising is, is usually it's not something that people know that they want to do. It's yeah. something that happens yeah. through life. You're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And students, so we have student interns who get involved with our office or grad interns. And they start to see, you know, the benefit of helping others um, find their pursuits and find those opportunities that they yeah. can then take um, with them through life. That's really neat. Yeah, uh, it, it just seems like a, a natural fit, and it, it takes time to find those and trial and error. But you knew a bit about what gave you life, what you value and, and different experiences that you have had that have led up to this point. And so you were able to jump on the opportunity when it comes and, and it happened. Yeah. yeah. It's really neat. Yeah. It's knowing those transferable skills and things too. Yeah. It, it's good stuff. And I could see how you would definitely be very helpful for students because it's your own story, right? Yeah. And that is, I mentioned how I have alumni share their stories in the summer program. And I think people, they come alive when they tell their story and they can, you can really hear where they've been and where they think they're going. And mm -hmm. so part of my aspect of, of working with students is also sharing that too, sharing my story with them and, and the things I've shared here and helping them know you don't have to know what you want to do and you're not going to find yeah. the one job right after you graduate. You might, or you might mm -hmm. find that thing or at least the company. Some people start with the company and they stay there, but a lot of people are moving around and, and they don't know that's okay. They think, oh, I got to just be at one place which a long time ago, 50 years, 20 years ago, like that was normal. It's not so much anymore. Yeah, it, I think it's like everybody in their 20s and 30s would have 1.5 jobs, and now it's gone up to 2.5 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so within that just, time. And that's yeah. honestly feels low to me. Between me and Gwendolyn, we had like probably 10 jobs after graduation. <laughs> in our, yeah, I've already recounted mine. So, <laughs> yeah, know. so it, it was, what's funny is, is she 
also started teaching and then she worked at an optometrist office as well. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. She was an optician. <laughs> so awesome. the same sort of thing. Um, and then she went back to grad school and then yeah, had those opportunities. Yeah. So grad school can be a part of people's stories and it can be helpful to, to have that, but it can't be necessarily the entire thing. I think we've talked about it before is how do you supplement some of those activities? So you were doing graduate school and they were forming you into a a higher education person, but you had to do other things on the side for your own personal development. So like IG or ZND working and doing the best job you could at Target or at the optometrist office. It's a mixture. And and the same goes towards the undergrad students that you might be an education major and feel like you you know exactly what you want to do, but their job is to only form you into a teacher. And you are much more than just a teacher. You're a whole person that has other passions and excitements. And so how can you supplement the things that your program won't be able to teach you and do your own personal development alongside. And I think something that is really important is things like the career office at Butler or wherever it is that you are. And this isn't just a student conversation. It's right after college. It's when you're going into retirement, like you're being formed to be somebody and and your job has gone for a while. What other things do you need to be developing and working on for yourself so that when you are retired, like you're more than just a retired individual. <laughs> yeah. yeah, This is one of the reasons I love the Designing Your Life book. Um, a few years ago, me and my couple of colleagues and I, we got to go out to San Francisco and we were certified as coaches. Yeah, it's so cool. With them. Yeah, um, it's a great book. Yeah. Cool program. And they've had some, they've come out with a couple other ones. The, the first book really um, helps this, con- drives this concept home where it's not about what do you want to be when you grow up. Kind of thing. Yeah. What do you want to, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do next? What's coming next? And so we don't have to, we don't have to stay stagnant in what we're doing. We can grow and, and change and whether that's little changes and just in the way that we live our lives as we're going about our life or big changes. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about well, what does it mean to, to design my life, they have some ideas and they have a, a second book that came out right before the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, they, that they revised that came out last year. Oh, did year. they really revise yeah. it? Mm-hmm. So the second book is called uh, Designing De- Your Work Life. Designing Your Work Life. And then the revised version is Designing Your New Work Life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you, ha- if you don't have the second one, if you're interested in this, if you're in a job, really the idea is if you're in a job that you're not loving, right? Yeah. How do you redesign some of those things before you leave or instead of leaving? And because of the disruption mm-hmm. that happened with the pandemic, they needed to amend that. So the revised version is all of the same chapters that were in the original second book. And then they added some new chapters at the end that talk about disruption. Interesting. I, I'm at Gwendolyn's actually we're going through designing your work life right now. And just like as a work activity, yeah. just like a, a couple of people at their, her job just for fun. A uh, little book club. It's an unofficial book club, though. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, that would be a cool thing to order. That the question on there was: is what is what's coming next, Andy? What's coming next for you? What are you working on or towards? <laughs> this is a hard question for me to be honest, right? Because I help students with this question, but I love what I'm doing as a mm-hmm. career advisor. I, I remember talking with a former colleague who some of you might know, Michael Kaltenmark, who led the bull, the Bulldog mascot program. Huh. And so if anybody has seen the Netflix show Dogs, he's featured in there before he left to go to the Speedway. But 
I, I when I first started to Butler, I sat down with him and, and was just talking about this question, right? What are you going to do next? And it was the same. It was, uh-huh. I love what I'm doing. And I don't think that at that moment he would have said, oh, in, in five years, I'm leaving Butler to work for the Speedway. It was just something right. that happened. It, it unfolded at a time that he wouldn't have expected. Yeah. So I'm me personally, as far as career wise, I'm, I'm not looking to leave. I love what I'm doing. But also I know that who knows what's going to happen. But you are taking a lot of advantage of some of the things in front of you to supplement your own personal development in the meantime. And it's not just all in your career too. Just the, I, I know that you take classes and stuff at Butler and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've been taking classes to get another degree just for fun. <laughs> I, I'm almost done. I'm, I've been taking classes in philosophy and religion. And currently I'm taking, I'm learning ancient Greek gosh i hated that i took that in undergrad and it's the worst it's pretty tough yeah so because of the degree that i'm doing they require a language and i thought you know i i could take spanish or french or something but greek sounded more interesting for some reason i think that's part of the with the philosophy and religion aspect but so i'm in second semester greek right now and it is yeah it's difficult so yeah learning a language it takes perseverance and, and determination but one of the things i love about it it's not just the learning it's also the realizing, like, etymologically, like, how these words, where they mm-hmm. came from, words that mm-hmm. we use every day are based in, in Greek, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, they have their root in Greek. And so, like, oh, so that's what that means. And I can make the connections to to, to the ancient Greek and then for today, so. Yeah, like the, the name of the business, Ecclesia. <laughs> yes, there you go. Exactly. My last name's Greek root. <laughs> All that. Uh, yeah. That's cool too because I get to share that with my kids, like showing them, well, here's the Greek alpha. Here's what this sounds like. It's it, You wouldn't think it sounds like that. And, and in fact, before school this morning, we had about five or 10 minutes before they were leaving and we were just sitting on the couch watching PBS Kids. And I forget the name of the show, but whatever was on there was talking about Odysseus. And oh. they said something about Greek, something. And my daughter was like, oh, he said Greek. You know, <laughs> so I just thought that's great. Yeah, that's, that's great. But, so, yeah. So taking advantage of the opportunity to take classes and just learn, learn different viewpoints, meet students and professors who have different viewpoints. I think that's that's really helpful in one's own journey. Instead of saying, I'm just going to be stuck in my own view. How do I then take in other views yeah. and, and evaluate them? And you can agree or disagree, but at least to engage with others mm-hmm. on those um, aspects that you might say. I don't really believe that or I don't agree with that, but I'm still going to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You do a lot of that work with the books that you read and, and you're very, just a good eye at looking at information just impartially or just diving in, digesting it for yourself. And, and it's not always books or, or things that you agree with, but it, you continue to try to learn and read it anyway. I, yeah. I think that's really cool. I, I always enjoy seeing what books you're reading on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of those, of course, are from my classes that, yeah, it's been challenging. Some of them are very challenging just to get through, but it's been fun because it's, it has opened up conversations with people and in different ways that I would not have expected. Yeah. So it's, it's great because being at working at a, a higher education institution provides the opportunity to to take classes and to learn mm-hmm. and be being able to exchange ideas in a, in, a, in an environment that you know promotes and supports that kind of pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you're done with that, then we can expect you to write a book. <laughs> One day. I'm promoting that idea for you. Well, you've got a book that you're working on. Yeah, I am. Gosh, don't ask me about that right now. It's hard to write a book. <laughs> yeah. I will take all cues from you, Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's definitely um, 
something though that has been a fun experience so far but also difficult but yeah we'll see hopefully it's done by the end of the year and and then editing and working on it and stuff but yeah if for my own information if you had to summarize like the main premise of your book Oh gosh! What would it be? Well, it, I'm trying to develop a proven process for people to find opportunity. Yep, there you go. Cool. So, Looking forward to reading it. Yeah, based off of the podcast <laughs> thing. So, doing research and stuff right now, and doing some suggestions that you gave me on Instagram of making sure that the introduction and the first few chapters are outlined first, and and getting those set because then the rest will come. And I, I think that's very true. So. I'm re-outlining and re-editing and rewriting a lot of the first few chapters. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Is there anything that I I forgot to ask or something you wish I would have asked you? Honestly, I don't think so. Thinking through my own career journey and thinking about opportunities, I think the big one for me, I I coach each course for students, upper-level students, and we use the book Designing Your Life. Um, And the the background of that book is thinking like a designer. So I'm not sure there's a question necessarily, but one of the things that has helped me and helped students in this course that I, that I co-teach is to help them think like a designer, which yeah. which means that that they don't get stuck in ideas and that they can reframe mm. um, their beliefs mm-hmm. uh, from what they call dysfunctional beliefs to reality. Like we don't, we just there are things that we believe that are just not true. Yeah. Whether that's I'm behind, I'm too late. Yeah. Um, um, I have to stick to this yeah, because exactly. I got my degree in it. There's all kinds of these mm-hmm. beliefs that we have that can be changed. And so when we think think differently, when we reframe and we, we try stuff, we just have a bias to yeah. action. Don't don't overthink things. Just try it and, and mm-hmm. talk to people. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. to people is, is another mindset of a designer. So when you can just begin getting ideas to move forward in, in different ways that you are, again, unexpected. Yeah. That's good. That's a good word there, Andy. Yeah, definitely. Mindset matters so much and you're not stuck if you feel like you don't have opportunities, right? That's a mindset switch and trying something different that you haven't tried before and just try some new things out and just throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. And some things will, some things won't, but having just a general target to aim at, you'll know when you hit a bullseye and you'll know when you miss (laughs) the target. Aim at the target and and start shrinking that target as it goes but it just takes some time and and that's the hardest part i think uh, for a lot of millennials and gen z is that this sort of thing takes time it took six years for you to get into a position that you feel is a great fit for you and for some people it takes even longer um but that's okay and it is part of the human experience and so we need to just try to get the most out of where we're at right now do our best with where we're called at this moment and just continue to try to develop and see okay what is next and what do i need to know what can i do now for whatever the next thing is even if you don't know what it is yeah how can uh, listeners if they would like to connect or if you even want listeners to connect (laughs) with you andy how could they do that (laughs) Yeah, the two main ways uh, for me, I would say, would be LinkedIn uh, or Instagram. Uh, my handle on Instagram is Mighty to Many. M I eight. I'm sorry, M I G H T Y T O M A N Y. There you go. All right. 
Yeah, and there is still IGers Indie as well. You can follow that as well. But yeah, it's a both are are good accounts. Andy's a little bit more active now than IGers Indie is, and you can see what book he's read. Comment and argue with him if you'd like to. <laughs> I welcome all dialogue. All dialogue is welcome here. Thank you so much, Andy, for for coming over to the office to the creative studio and and hanging out with me. It's good to see you again, and uh, good to see you, dude. we'll have to hang out even more uh, in the future. Uh, we're getting a Chick Fil A like right down the road from us <laughs> and so i we were texting and hey we're gonna need to have some meetings at chick-fil-a probably and, and discuss life and everything well thank you listeners and if you haven't already uh, make sure that you follow so that you don't miss any episodes that are coming out every friday we have new people new interviews to help you gain more opportunities in your personal and professional life this has been a lot of fun and we will catch you next friday bye bye <laughs>